Welcome back to another episode of Ambition on Fleek. I'm your co-host, Peng Peng Lee. And I'm your co-host, Janae Honest. And in this podcast, we want to inspire and motivate you through our unique stories from our gymnastics experiences. And as you may already know, but we're NCAA national champions and we think we know what it takes to be successful. I think we think we're wise now. (laughs) (laughs) We get wiser by every episode. Exactly. And so we touch on the physical, mental, and emotional sides of life. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a very specific topic that has been mentioned multiple times. We're going to talk about how to stay positive while you are injured. But before we get on the topic, we always do what our perfect 10 segment. And what is our perfect 10 segment, Janae? It's whatever you feel you're proud of. It could be big. It can be small. But if you're proud, you better dang on say it. (laughs) Dang on say it. Okay. Honestly. (laughs) That's a new phrase. (laughs) I don't even know. I just made it up. Okay. (laughs) Quotes by Janae. Please don't make that. Oh, man. Dang on, say my perfect You better say it. Just say it. (laughs) Okay, so something I was really proud of today. Something I was really proud of today is that I am leaving to Canada. I know it's it's, it's been a topic for the past couple of episodes, but I am leaving. It's really sad. I've already cried, so. She, She really did. We were in our room and Janae started crying. Did you just say our room? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I meant my room. <laughs> it just seemed like our room. I think because we're in the room together. I'm getting hot. <laughs> I was in my room and Janae started crying just thinking about it. And it was funny because she called me and she never calls me past midnight. And she was my mom coming, is asleep. She's always asleep, but she was coming back from a friend's house and she wanted to stop off at my house. And so I thought something was wrong. And she just said, No, I just want to spend time with you. <laughs> Because it was from that day specifically. No, you're leaving on Sunday. But basically, I only had like one week left. Yeah. And now I only have like six days. So we're doing good. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so my perfect 10 segment was or my perfect 10 moment. I'm sorry. Was that I have planned out all of my YouTube videos for the next month. And I was super proud because I was telling my YouTube manager, Jerry. Uh, that I was getting really stressed out when I go home to Canada because I don't have my infrastructure. I won't have all my friends who want to do YouTube videos with me. I'm going to have to find new friends. It's a very stressful time because I am putting videos out every Wednesday and Sunday, and I have made a commitment to myself to do that. And so I was getting stressed out of all these videos, but I took the time to plan everything and also realistic things. So I was very proud of myself for planning all that out. Mm. Okay, so what I'm proud of is I'm actually, I've, I know how to cook, but I'm getting more into it as far as getting a cookbook and making things from scratch, if that makes sense. Because Pang's really good at just whipping things up literally at the top of her head, and I I don't know how to do that. I'll have a can of beans, I'll have a can of other something, and then I'll have leftover something, and then just whip out a meal. (laughs) I'm proud of that, too. Like me, I already, I'm used to just, you know, having the Alfredo sauce in a jar and just throwing that into the pasta and adding some chicken and maybe some spices. But um, I went grocery shopping um, over the weekend and I kind of, I mean, I usually meal prep, but I'm getting more into cooking actual meals rather than the typical, 
chicken, protein with the vegetables and the carbs, like with the rice or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm very super cookie cutter. That's all what I did in college. And <laughs> if I mean, y'all know that I like to eat, but I go through phases and I get tired of things very quickly. Um, so I need to switch it up. And so people like Pang and people like Pula. Or should I say Paulina Trotz? She also is really good <laughs> at just whipping things up from scratch and homegirl. Um, she like always sauce is out of whatever. She yeah, buys. she really will. I remember we made this sauce and it was like from flour and milk and pepper. And it was it tasted like gravy. Like, I swear, maybe I'm missing something, but I was appalled of what we did, like what we just <laughs> made. And I swear it tasted like gravy. And I was like, Pula, how, how do you know how to do this? Like, I was just very confused. Well, a good thing actually, Jay, is flour and milk. It becomes a roux. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that now, but when we did this like last year, oh, I was like, oh my gosh, what I, what is this? <laughs> what is this new consistency? <laughs> the consistency was just throwing me off. <laughs> but every time I cook something, she always comments on my story and just, oh, I'm proud of my mama, Nene. <laughs> um, she's my child that knows how to cook better than me. But um, what I'm proud of basically is just, I bought a cookbook, not super recently, but I actually have been buying the ingredients and um, I'm starting to, compose these certain recipes like I'm going to make Cajun shrimp tonight depending on how late we're here recording this podcast because we can talk for so long but um, I bought tiger shrimp and these things are huge I got them from Costco and they're not just these little baby shrimp they're as big as my hand I feel like but um, (laughs) and um, but they're still in the shell and stuff so it's like I'm actually really really excited to cook them I got bell peppers I got onions and I'm just super excited to make this I'm coming over concoction (laughs) after (laughs) yeah I'm happy because you like to eat seafood right yeah, I do like seafood. Yeah, because I have roommate or I've, I've had roommates in the past that can't stand seafood. So anytime I made, oh, I remember I made. I've had that too. I remember I made scallops. Oh my gosh, what is this smell? Open some <laughs> windows. Oh, it's just the worst thing ever. And I could just, I could never live. I could never live. <laughs> I could never live and make my seafood. That's funny. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get right into it because we want to, there's a lot of points that we want to cover in this topic of staying positive during injuries. I think every athlete goes through some type of injury, little or small. Mm -hmm. And it can happen in any stage of life. And I did have a point that I wanted to bring up, but I don't know if I should bring it up now or later. I mean, you can bring it up It's a question. Okay, so I thought about this earlier because I knew we were going to talk about this topic, but do you think, does it make a difference... Because obviously your mindset's different when you're young and you're older. Right. But let's say you ha- you get this injury when you were ten. You know what I mean? Because that's what I that's what happened to me. Or let's say you get your first major injury when you're sixteen. Like, does that make a huge? Or when you're in adulthood, like you're already past twenty. Like, how does that? Do you know what I mean? No, I know exactly. What I mean, I think it does make a difference. I think when you're younger and you go through a major injury, you're a little more carefree. But I also think that your guidance and your mentors really influence on how you're going to react to an injury if you get later in life. So I'm going to say, for example, I had a really bad back injury in high school and I was told I would never be able to do gymnastics again. I've mentioned this before. I had spondylolisthesis, spondylolysis, really bad. They said if your spine slips any further, you could become paralyzed waist down. (laughs) That was a heavy conversation. I had a, I had when I was 14. Yeah. And I would still say I'm pretty young at that point. Yeah. And to me, my world was over because I think I was just starting to get into 
gymnastics and I was starting to get really good. I was competing internationally and there was more riding on that injury. But when I was younger, say like 10 years old, I broke my hand. So I broke, I fractured two bones in my hand. And at first I was really devastated, but because I wasn't competing really, like I was still in the developmental stage. Mm -hmm. I was okay with still going through the process. There but we when go, I was yeah. older, there was a lot more riding. So I could see it being harder for people who are older to have major injuries because you have a scholarship when you're older. You're competing at a higher level normally when you're older. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just more, I think, in the uh, athletic world. Right, because I was trying to think of what or had just how different my mindset was but I had gotten an injury super young and it's something I've been dealing with so I kind of knew what I needed to do but if it's your first injury ever and you're 20 or something um but you are more mature so I just wonder you know if your mindset or how like does your mindset affect or how is your mindset affected by that because if you've never experienced it you don't know how to deal with it or is it your world's going to come crashing around you. You know what I mean? Because I do remember, I remember Sean Johnson, she got injured, but she got injured skiing. Like she had never right, had, a, right. she had never had an injury or, or at least a major injury when she was competing. And then after the Olympics, right, she went skiing, mm-hmm. tore her ACL, meniscus, mm-hmm. tore something, came back and it was just her first major injury, but it was outside of gymnastics. And I just wonder what that was like for her. Because, you know, she had been on top of the world. I mean, she's still super, super good. But, I mean, to come back with a major injury and have have to think about and be conscious about what skills you're doing. I think, honestly, no matter what age you are, I think a major injury is a major injury. And I think some you can react the same when you're younger and older. Because I'm thinking about... Um, when we're saying how to stay positive during injuries, I'm thinking about this one particular example. And you know, when you're injured and you see your friends training and people get jealous, who gets jealous, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like every person gets at some point jealous that they're not able to do the skills or they just want to get ahead or they want to be in the gym and Mm -hmm. start training. But I think that happens at a young age and an older age. Yeah. I think I definitely got more, mine was more sadness and just disappointment that I wasn't able to compete um, rather than, or just how I personally felt rather than jealousy. I was just more just devastated that I couldn't do that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think that's definitely more of the emotions I felt, but I feel that you can go through a roller coaster of emotions when you are suffering an injury. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to bring that point up because that's just something I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, for someone that experienced something young, I, wondered what it would be like well I guess I would have to ask someone that experienced one when they were older but (laughs) and I realize you're not the person to ask (laughs) well if you have any examples you can always tweet at us at Pang Pang Sealy or at Janae Honest so if you have any examples of how you felt and had a major injury when you're older please let us know but I did want to touch on because this is something I definitely struggled with and it's coming back too soon um and this could happen at any stage and it could be a major injury or a minor injury that can become major because you never rested or because you came back too soon. And I think this is what I think injuries have taught me patience. Like that's the biggest thing it's it's taught me Um, because you want to get out there and be and compete and do you, but you need to give your body time to heal and 
you may think you're ready. And then because there's something that the doctors say and then there's something that the coaches say. And it's always something different or from what I experienced, at least. No, that's true. There's a good point. I think one of the biggest thing about staying positive during injuries is not feeling the need to rush back. I know it's so it's very hard to get into your head and see all your friends training and see and also hear your coaches saying, how, how come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? Mm-hmm. And I think a good way to think about when you are injured and to stay positive is think about the things that you can do yeah. instead of can't do. And so I have um, a lot of I always tell people there's no need to rush back because if you think about all the every day as little steps, if you think about every day as little steps of coming back to your injury, you have a specific timeline normally for your injury. You want to think about each day is one step. And if you jump three steps, you're at risk of taking 10 step back, 10 steps backwards. And so now you're actually going to take more time rather than less time to heal. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um Yeah, literally exactly what you said. And I think because when you make that decision, coming back too fast is a huge indicator of what your future is going to look like. Because if you do have a relapse, which is what I went through, and I didn't do my rehab and I came back too fast, the same thing happened again, but worse. So I ended up sitting out. Um, What injury was that? It was my knee. So it was my first surgery when I was 13. Mm. And What was it? Um, it was a orthoscopic drilling. Um, so they oh my basically, gosh, that sounds so <laughs> awful. Anything the word drilling in your body? I don't know. Yeah. So, um, well, since you threw out your condition or the scientific name, I'll throw out mine. <laughs> Osteochondritis to seconds. That's what I have in my knee. <laughs> Still, um, it's something I'm going to have to live with forever, but it's basically an area of dead bone and cartilage. And for some reason, when I was younger, um, the blood vessels were damaged and your bones and cartilage, they need blood to function. That's why you eat. And that's how the nutrients gets to your body. And for some reason, some of those blood vessels were damaged. And then, um, you know, my bones started to die and wither away. (laughs) So, and this is when I was, um, 10. So it first happened when I was 10 and, um, had my surgery when I was 13. So they drilled holes in, um, my femur. So blood can get to that area that was lacking the blood supply. Oh my gosh. Sounds um, so invasive. <laughs> it actually wasn't. It was very, it was like, look at this little baby right there. there. Oh yeah, that's true. My she most invasive. has a little hole on her. Little- <laughs> you can barely see it too. Oh yeah. I, I, Still to this day, wonder where because I had a picture of like the drill in my knee. It was an X-ray and it looked really, really cool. No, it was just an X-ray though, so there was no blood, no oh, guts. Okay. It was just the picture of <laughs> the drill Ugh. in my bone. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so um, and my recovery time was about three months, but I came back full force in that three months um, rather mm. than rehabbing for three months and then baby steps and jogging, running, just taking those steps. It was more, okay, you're cleared. Okay, well, let's start tumbling full force on the floor. And um, I was not the biggest fan of rehab. I, um, as much as I loved my physical therapist back in Visalia, um, I just (laughs) (laughs) did not, it just wasn't my favorite in rehab. If any of you guys know, it's really hard and you really have to focus more so than just kind of going through the motions. And that was very me when I was younger, just going through the motions. Rehab can be very monotonous. And I think it's really hard to stay positive during injuries because you're hurting. And I I really think about this when I was injured. It's really hard to go through um, day to day when you're actually physically hurting and you're incapable of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times when you are injured, you start to focus on the things that you can't do instead of the things that you can do. So the reason why I say being positive during rehab is really important is because rehab is there for you to utilize so that you can get back in a 
timely manner, but also it's there to make you stronger. Even though rehab is really boring, you're actually getting better. So if you can, I think we talked about this in another podcast as well, celebrate those little moments. That'll really help you stay positive during your progression because then you're getting excited about all these little things. Like Mm -hmm. even if you can do a lunge without pain pain yeah that's a very that's a celebratory moment it really is in my opinion (laughs) and she talked about paying talking about how rehab is going to make you better you actually believe it or not come back stronger than how you were because um i just have an example and i think either i think miss val said this one of the coaches said this when samantha peshik tore her achilles and you really got to work on your calf strength. And she came back with just massive calves and just mm-hmm. stronger calves than she'd had before. And she <laughs> did it. And honestly, what I've learned, too, is when you have an injury, you can't really ever neglect that ever. Oh, I don't know about I've never broken a bone before. So I, I'm oh, sure that's, that's nice. different. Yeah. Because, I mean, your bone heals stronger and then you're mm-hmm. probably good. But when it comes to anything with your ACL or just different things that are kind of you're going to have to just deal with and you have to focus on for the rest of your life. <laughs> High key is way better to break a bone than, <laughs> than to tear a ligament. Yeah. So um, that's what I have to deal with. Well, actually, my ligaments, it mine's a bone condition. So it's something that is always going to be there. But um, I've learned that when you have a major injury, that's something you kind of have to be conscious of for the rest of your life. Like you always have to do exercises. So when you do workouts, I have to do rehab based workouts and put in, throw in a little exercises that will help keep my knees strong rather than, you know, going for a jog. When you think about, uh, I think just to put it in different terms, when you're injured and you so desperately want to go into the gym, you so desperately want to work out, think about how much stronger you could be if you do all the little things to help you get better. So I'm talking about nutrition. I'm talking about um, getting the sufficient amount of rest. I'm talking about strengthening your body. It's really interesting because when you start thinking about it, that I'm going to be stronger after this injury, mm-hmm. you start doing things differently and you start practicing and actually researching more on how to reduce inflammation. And yeah. also they told me when I got my ACL injury, if I work my other leg and I was in a full leg cast, I remember being in a full leg cast and I was thinking, I, I, there's no way I could get better. I'm not contributing to the team. There's so many other things that I could do while I was injured. And that was strengthen my right leg. And they actually said, when you're working out your right leg, like 30% of the muscle transfers over to your other leg. There's some weird body science there science. that I, I can't, I don't know if I have the facts right, but they told me <laughs> that it transfers over. Like it's yeah. a muscle memory thing. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I think I remember you telling me that at some point, but yeah, cause I think you were injured. <laughs> I was trying to help you out there. <laughs> Giving me some words of encouragement. Janae, you should strengthen your left leg. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also think that there are lots of ways to stay positive and we just want to share those with you. I like that you mentioned diet because I think that's something that I really did not think about when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's important to do the research before while you're injured. Um, cause I do remember my dad, he would have me drink so many protein shakes. I don't know why, but he's like, it's, <laughs> it's going to rebuild your muscle. Genetic. Actually, uh, my mom did too. I don't know what it was, but protein Parents shakes was just my, my thing. And it was just, uh, Oh, well they drilled holes. You got to get that nutrients up in there. But what would have been helpful for me, I think is to, um, 
up my, you know, my vitamin D and my calcium mm. and to make my bones stronger and to eat things with, what'd you say, amino acids and just these different um, things that can help aid to your recovery. And I love cherry juice. Oh my gosh, it's like my favorite beverage ever <laughs> to this day. And that helps with inflammation. So kind of just doing, um, starting, because I don't even know how to word this, but your recovery starts from within and it starts with you are what you eat. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and um, you can be doing your rehab, but you can also be consciously thinking about what you're putting into your body that will help recovery from the inside out. I think an important thing too is when you are injured, and I'm thinking when you're younger, because it is harder to say, oh, let me research this food that's going to help me when I'm like 10 years old. <laughs> and so I could just see it from a perspective where when you're 10, you're only thinking about the physical aspects yeah. and you're only saying, oh, this is my hand. Nothing will really affect my hand. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I think when you're in the gym, it's important to say, oh, you know, since I have this hand injury, why don't I now focus on a lot of leg conditioning? Yeah. So I think there's always a balance. And I also agree that I really think when you're injured, you need to grieve in your injury. Like you need to fully accept that you are injured and out for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Because if you're in denial, that's when I think you actually start pushing yourself first because you're not taking the time to understand what you have and to really feel and be sad about it. Right. Yeah. I feel it's all about acceptance. You really got to accept it. And then that will give you the space to move forward in a more positive light rather than pushing your body to the limits. Because I feel that any athlete, we've all pushed our bodies to the limits. But when you have an injury, your body has already reached that limit and you can't even, you're not, your body's not even at 100% at that point. And you're trying to push past that 100% or push to that 100%, but your body's at 70. So you're kind of being counterproductive. And like Pink said, you're going to be taking 10 steps back. And let's say your recovery time, or let's say you were supposed to be released in June and now it's in August because you ran or you know what I mean? But I think it's definitely important to figure out and be creative in what you can do. Because I did have a question someone asked me on Instagram. Ooh, let's hear your question. And um, her name is Annalise underscore, I'll say Gerlock. <laughs> I'll just throw that little flare in there. But <laughs> she said, hi, I listened to your podcast and I was wondering if you have any advice on getting over injuries. I broke my big toe and I'm struggling finding things to do at gymnastics practice. And I feel that it's hard to be you really got to be creative with it. But I think um, what Peng said, focusing on what you can do and maximizing that. Um, it's hard when you have a lower extremity injury because you have to walk. You, you have to, to walk and stuff. It, like regardless of your hand, you can run. Well, I don't know if you can run. I've never really. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> but, you know, you can do leg stuff and, you know, focus on your leg strength. But um, I think yeah. something something I took a lot of pride in was at UCLA, we had four hour practices. And even though I had a knee injury, I always found something to do. And it might've just been me hopping around yeah. and just going on the beam, literally standing on the beam and doing mental sets. And I think that's something that you can do while you're injured. And that is your mind is probably the strongest muscle. And I feel like after I came back from my injuries, that's why it was a lot more seamless to me mm -hmm. when I did come back because I had trained those routines so many times. And we've talked about this too, that your brain actually doesn't know the difference when you're doing the skill or when you're doing it in a mental set. Yeah. And so I think when we say 
be creative. It is completely your time to be creative. And if you run out of things, the ball is in your court. And a lot of the times it's really good to talk to somebody, especially a coach, um, depending how comfortable you are with the coach to talk to a coach, to talk to somebody about what do you think I can do to get better? Mm -hmm. Because you still want to make training fun and you still want to go through your rehab in an, in an enjoyable way, even how, no matter how monotonous it gets, no matter how boring it gets, that's why we kind of say celebrate the little moments of, um, I did a handstand today or yeah. I was able to finally um, jump on the beam or something or I got my cast off or just little things so that it gets you excited about your rehab and it doesn't force you to jump steps. Right. I think um, and that's kind of reminded me about just my recent surgery. I literally I literally <laughs> I literally would post every little thing. Um from the first steps I took in four weeks because I was on crutches for six weeks and that was the longest I've ever been on six weeks. And it's, it's all about time. kind of, it really is. Your arms get tired, y'all. And you, those are the friends that you just don't want to have with you always. <laughs> um, but I definitely think it's all about how you look at it and the mindset you have towards it because you can think, oh my goodness, I get to walk today rather than thinking, oh goodness, I am walking today, but I have like, nine more months before I can run, right? So you really have to kind of just change your mindset and change the dialogue you're telling yourself. So I really would post first steps in in six weeks. And then um, I had this machine that, I don't think you ever used it, the BFR. Mm -mm. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. Um, what is it? It's basically <laughs> BFR. I forget what that stands for actually, but it's, imagine a blood pressure cuff on your leg, it could be on your leg or on your arm. And for upper extremity, it cuts off 50% of the blood flow. Ooh. For lower extremity, it cuts off 80%. And then you have to do exercises with it. Yes, um, I cried a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my leg would get purple. And But the, the point of it is, is that you don't have to do massive reps because you're getting the same result as far as um, building up the lactic acid and building up your muscle mm. because you're not getting that blood flow. So it's um, breaking down your muscle and you don't have to do a thousand reps. You can just do 10. Interesting. So and I would post the different weights I would have on from moving from a three pound weight to a five pound weight up to a 20 pound weight because Y'all, I had to find something to make it positive because I really was crying. I cried at least probably five times throughout this whole process. And because I knew I had to do it and I knew it would make me stronger. And I don't think my leg has ever been this strong in my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, and it was funny, too, because the physical therapist, they would um, laugh at they would kind of just laugh at my pain. Like, come on, really, Janae? Like, it's you're fine. I was like, right. no, no, I'm dying. <laughs> But um, my point is, is just kind of sell That was just me giving an example of celebrating those little things. And I think um, it can get. I remember getting it can bored. Get so frustrated and boring. Yeah. And I remember getting super bored when I was little. And, and they just tell you, oh, do these exercises. But honestly, something that I definitely should have done more of is focusing on my flexibility. Like you can stretch a ton right. and really focusing on those weak things that you don't think you need, but I think that's what's important of asking an outside perspective. Like, Hey, what do you think I should work on? I need help. And it's okay to ask for help because you can only think of so many things to do if you're super limited. And I think when you're younger too, it's hard uh, because you aren't as worldly. And I think it's, it's, yeah. you're not as all, 
You're not as worldly in the way where you know exactly every single aspect that you need to work on. And it is kind of frustrating because you always want to do something you love and not the things that you don't like. But I invite you to think when you are injured to just be open-minded. And I think having an open mind when mind when you're injured is going to be beneficial to you because now you're open to different hobbies. Now you're open to different types of medicine that maybe you have never tried. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because it's all there to help you. And there's so many tools to help you while you're injured and why not utilize it? It's, I think that's one of the things when you're, you are injured, something that helps you stay positive is being Mm open-minded because then you have so many options to help you as a person stay happy and to stay active and to help your recovery be seamless and smooth. Okay. This one's interesting because I definitely have known people that have this issue too. Um, Hi, my question was so long that it didn't fit. Oh, it was probably when I put it on my ask a question thing. Oh, (laughs) um, This question's from Jeanette.bd, and it says, or she said, how do you stay motivated if you have had an injury since, or for eight to nine months, and you have no answer of what's wrong with you? So I had a back injury in high school, and I did not know what was wrong with me for six months, I want to say, until I got results. It is the most frustrating time, and I will be honest, you go into kind of a dark place because you don't know what's wrong with you. You're hurting every single day. And it's something that it's, it can be a a huge emotional toll. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I got those answers of what was wrong with me, it was like everything kind of, I mean, it was really hard to get to hear those results, but everything was looking up because now I knew exactly what was going on. Right. The thing when you are the, the advice that I have when you are going through that, because I, I remember it just being, really hard. You have to take a step back of what you're doing and take those rest days. Also, I advise you to see as many people as possible to try and figure out what is wrong with you. And I do have friends, like we have people on our team that have had the same injury over and over again. They've seen multiple doctors and no one could tell them what was wrong with them. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest thing. But I also think that's, this is where an open mind comes in handy see a naturopath, go see somebody, an acupuncturist, or maybe it's not mainstream medicine. This is my opinion. I I know some people might agree, disagree with me, but I just say that because if one thing's not working for you, maybe you have to find something else that will work for you. And it'll be such an aha moment. And you might not find your answers right away, but at least you'll get different opinions and more knowledge to help you get through those injuries. Um, I, Definitely agree with Peng on how she said, see as many people as you can to get different perspectives. Because even though I knew immediately what was wrong with my knee and they had seen this case before, um, my parents decided to take me to Southern California because there were more doctors and it's more advanced down here. And it wasn't just, you know, Central Valley, kind of middle of nowhere. Um, Sure, the doctors were great, but my dad just didn't really trust the way that they were going to go about my surgery. Um, and, um, the first doctor that we went to, they said they needed to go from in the back of my knee through all those tendons, like just super weird to get to where my lesion was. Just sounded sketch. Yeah. Sounded sketch. Um, and so we go to the other, we went to a doctor here in Southern California and he was a orthopedic pediatric orthopedic surgeon. And we were referred to 
by Dr. Elitras, who worked with the Lakers. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. I'm so cool. <laughs> um, so he referred us. I didn't get to work with him because he referred me to a pediatrician, but it was totally fine. <laughs> um, but he um, and we told him about just the procedure that this other doctor was going to take me through. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. Like, that's totally not necessary. So it's definitely just I think it's important to get those different perspectives because you never know. There's going to be plenty of options and other ways of going about it if you do know what's wrong or if you don't know. Because if another right. doctor could find out, couldn't find out, then another doctor has probably seen it before. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of really keeping your options open, like you said, and not being so narrow-minded and, okay, we found one doctor and we're going to go with what he says. Yeah, I think when I had my back injury, too, I was just thinking about all the previous stuff that they had told me and they just said oh your back's probably just tight or does this hurt and they would kind of hook me up to a lot of machines I was doing a lot of rehab but I wasn't getting better Mm -hmm. and it's almost you're at that point where you think when do you know is the time to seek somebody else because you're not you're not getting better and I think the thing with athletes and injuries you kind of put all your trust in one person because you expect them to be the expert And I think what I've learned is that it is okay and important to get those other um, advice, to get other advice elsewhere, Mm -hmm. just because you just want to know more information about what is going on so that you are able to better yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. I also had a back injury, not as extensive as Pang's, but... um, Yeah, that was a full year off, guys. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to run, jump. It was was interesting. I can't imagine Pang not doing any of those things. Yeah. Being so stationary. Well, oh my gosh, I was so stationary. I had to sit on the toilet a certain way. They taught me how to get in bed a certain way. I did that for a year and I had to have a rolly backpack because I wasn't allowed to carry anything. (laughs) This is in high school when I decided braces and bangs were a great idea. (laughs) I thought I was popping, but I look back and I'm like, and a rolly backpack and a rolly backpack. That's hilarious. And a back brace that you had to squeeze and pump. Oh yeah. So every class, all my friends would try and burst that thing, but it's fine. I made it. <laughs> I made she it made it through ease. high school. But during that time when I was injured, though, I spent so much more time hanging out with my friends. I was trying to think about the things I could do because even though I was restricted, I wasn't allowed to walk. Or walk. I wasn't allowed to jump, run. I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things because mm-hmm. healing your back is very specific. But I did take the advice to take a full year off. So I rolled with it and I was okay with it. At first, I was really devastated only because they told me, praying you probably won't be able to do gymnastics again. Also, if you do gymnastics and your spine slips, you could become paralyzed waist down. So I didn't want that in my life. (laughs) And um, it really scared me just to know that I would be in a wheelchair the rest of my life or I'd be, I did that to myself almost. Yeah. So I... This is when my parents, they're the best things ever because they're, they're my greatest mentors. But my parents would always say, well, now you can go hang out with your friends. Like you can focus on school. You can do all these things. And I went into singing lessons. I went into guitar lessons because they're things I could do mm-hmm. with not being physical. And I also did acting lessons every Sunday. So I was trying to find things that still um, I still got excited about. And I think that's very important when you're injured to stay positive is to still get excited about things, whether it's little or big. <laughs> I like how she rolled with it. She literally rolled with it with her rolly backpack, too. <laughs> I just so wanted to say that. <laughs> so funny. Um, but I also had a back injury, but it was a very um, vague description of what was wrong with my back. Um, they just said wear and tear to my lower lumbar. 
Um, and I went to the chiropractor, I think every week and it was getting worse to the point where I couldn't bend over in the shower or I just couldn't really, um, do much unless I took a, a lot of ibuprofen. I'm just going to say I really did. <laughs> um, and more so just to even get through the workout and compete. And I remember, um, it was at regionals and I would, I think I was a level 10 and my back was getting so bad that I couldn't even get through a bar routine without bursting into tears. But, um, the, it, and it, um, they were saying that, oh, it's an adjustment issue. Your hips are out of line and everything. So I kept going to the chiropractor for it. And mm. I remember my last visit and I just, I know I kind of liked the chiropractor, but I just haven't gone back because of this because he tried to adjust me and I, was limping, I think, out of there because um, they really like uh, try to adjust you or right. adjust you, and I didn't know until I got to UCLA that it wasn't even an adjustment issue. It's just my back, my like two, um, the muscles on the sides of my spine were so tight. They were Larita or the um, trainer or our trainer for the gymnastics team literally said they felt like rods, and you need to do hot yoga. DMS was my best friend, hot packs and massaging it out to loosen them up. And I literally did not have as bad of back problems until then, um, which was really great to know. So it and that I didn't get that perspective until I got to UCLA, um, and so then I realized that hot yoga was going to be my best friend because I'm a very tight build. I'm not very flexible. I'm kind of more on the lesser end of flexible when it comes to gym. So kind of just to learn that, okay, this is what's going to keep my back from hurting. I need to do it. I think something that I thought about when I was injured is that I always had to remind myself that I had a whole life ahead of me because gymnastics is such a young sport. And when you do get young, injured when you're younger, you think you're invincible. You really think you're going to bounce back really quick and nothing's really going to stop you, but it does affect you long-term. And as much as you don't want to believe it when you're younger, you just always have to think you have your whole life ahead of you. And if you really want to be the best that you can be is to take your time. And during that time is to also, when I say look at the silver lining and things, there are so many things in life that you still can do if you put your mindset to that. There's a lot of things you can't do if you really don't want to do it and if you're not being open to it. All right, Jay, I think it's time for us to take a quick little break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to continue our topic on how to stay positive during injuries. <laughs> And we did touch on when you have this injury, let's say you have this time frame of when a doctor gives you, okay, you need this time to rest and then you'll be cleared and you can go into it. My issue was going full-fledged into the sport and not even easing into things. And um, gymnastics specifically is a very high-impact sport. So um, when it comes to being fully discharged and released, it's it's smart to ease back into it and start off with baby steps because especially if it is a major injury, you do not want to have a relapse. And that is how I personally relapsed my knee because I just started tumbling on the floor rather than starting on tumble track first or starting off with bars and landing on soft landings rather than hard landings and stuff like that. So I think that's just very important to make sure you take the time, you took the time to rest and you got to take the time to ease back into it. 
And I think with injuries too, it takes a lot of planning because there's always ACL. It's one year injury, but you have six months of getting into rehab of non-impact. Then you have the next three months of then upping your impact. And then once you start getting discharged from your ACL, then it's a whole new world of actually going step-by-step back into the gym. Mm -hmm. So I really think that planning and scheduling out when you're going to get this skill or when you're going to start doing major skills is really important because it'll actually help put your mind at ease if it's written down and you can see it visually. Because I feel like when you think about so many things in your head, that's when you start to get really boggled and Mm -hmm. um, it actually doesn't help you. But if you were to take the time to just write, okay, in the next two weeks, I want to have my Kip Casting Hansen. In the next yeah. Um, month, I want to have my dismount on bars or something along those lines. Right. It's kind of like the baby steps we talked about, but writing those out. And once you get to them, then you celebrate them, but kind of planning out when you want to reach those baby steps, which is really important and planning those out rather than kind of just letting them happen when they do happen. Um, and then that'll give you like, yeah, just it'll help you space out of how it should be spaced out. Um, because I know personally my coaches just wanted me to jump back yeah, same, <laughs> and get into competition immediately because let's say I was um, released in the middle of November, competition started in January, that literally is no time. Well, what do you do when a coach wants you back so desperately, but you don't really have control of your training? <laughs> yeah. No, because there's so many t- moments true. where I, I have been in the gym and I have been injured and my coach has pushed me to come back to a meet. And- I had to remind them that I was injured. And I think sometimes they can play mind games with you Mm -hmm. where they'll say, you're fine. You're not really injured. And in your mind, you are. But I think sometimes I I had problems with vocalizing how I was feeling because I felt so um, not unempowered. So I definitely have been in a place where I feel rushed back from my coaches, but I also think that it's important to vocalize when you do have your injuries and to remind them that you're injured and that, listen, I'm cleared, but I shouldn't just hop right back into it. Um, And I do have a roommate, Melissa. She is also a coach and she always comes back with stories. And I just love that (laughs) she loves to coach because um, it's just amazing. And she loves helping out these kids, but she um, has kids that are injured and uh, she'll, they'll tell her, Oh, I can't do this. And I can't do that. Um, And, I just want to encourage that it doesn't come from a perspective of making excuses of why you can't do something because you can always work on something else. But I think that it is important to tell your coaches that, hey, listen, um, this is really hurting me today. Can I work on something else rather than, right? oh, hey, I'm hurting today. Can I just sit here? And, um, <laughs> and I think it's good to negotiate with them. And it's also telling them, hey, you know what? I don't feel ready to be on this. Look, how about this? For the next day, for tomorrow, I will do it by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of negotiating with them. But do I want to encourage you to not be scared to vocalize your emotions and your injury because injuries are serious. Yeah. It shouldn't be taken lightly. And I think if you can negotiate with your coaches, but say it in a positive manner to say, I will get this by the end of the week. 
I just feel I need to do a couple of more rehab skills before or a couple of more strengthening exercises so I can do that dismount with ease or something like that. And they'll be very proud and surprised when you come up to them with a plan too, um, which is, I think is important Why as to why Peng said you need to plan it out because if you just come, if you come up to them and you have, he's like, hey, I have this plan. I know I'm cleared, but... I need this amount of time to do this because I don't want to get re-injured. And I think another thing that's important is that when you have a major injury or an injury that you um, have to live with for the rest of your you know, athletic career, it's important to keep that in mind when you do your exercises. You may need to warm up a little extra. You may need to focus a little bit extra on your calves or your shoulders or you know, do a little shoulder rehab before you go on bars because you need to reinforce the strengthening exercises that you work so hard on in rehab. Um, because that's something I struggled with too, because I'm thinking, oh, I'm done with rehab. I don't have to do rehab anymore. I can just go back to my normal training, which in reality you don't, you actually do need to reinforce the strengthening exercises that you did while you're in rehab right? to get your knee to the point to where it is now or whatever injury you had, <laughs> not, not just your knee. We're just talking about knees right now. <laughs> I think it's, um, when, when your coaches aren't necessarily listening to you, that is the biggest challenge. But I also, I really loved having meetings with them. I actually sometimes would ask them, Hey, can you talk for a quick second? Wow. I was whew, but the in reason- club too. It wasn't natural to have meetings with your coaches in club because I feel like you're so busy during the day that you plan it out at practice. Yeah. But I also think if you're planning it out at practice, you're, you don't have the time to plan out what you're thinking to approach them. Yeah. So I think it's almost better if you aren't able to meet with them to have kind of a pre-plan before you talk to your coaches yeah. in the gym. I just think it's important to have things written down so you have some ammo so that if they kind of come back with you at certain questions, you have an answer that you can respond with. Oh, man, how I, how I have just learned how important it is to come prepared <laughs> when you approach anybody with anything because you never know what's going to come right back at you. So that's really important. That's actually a really good point. And that's another good point about having meetings in club because I feel that the only meetings you had with your coaches were with your parents about whatever was going on. <laughs> That's true. It's also going to help you with your team building skills. Even if it's with a coach or with another teammate, you are now learning how to communicate um, a solution rather than talking about the problem at hand. So it's a really good time. Even if it doesn't come out right, be proud of yourself that you even approached it. Vocalizing yourself is also part of injuries as well. There's so many things, so many aspects that come with injuries and we hope we have touched on a little bit more to help you through your injuries if you are injured right now. Yeah, you actually brought up a a good point that I just thought about right now. Sportsmanship. So I don't think we talked about this, but when you see your other teammates competing and you can't, it's going to help you teach you how to be a teammate in another aspect because you're not training with them. So how can you be supportive to them when you're on the sidelines. And it also helped distract you. I know, because remember we talked about the jealousy at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I know, yeah, because we touched on it a little bit. But. Right, but I think when you are focusing on something else, that also helps you to stay positive because now your energy is somewhere else besides your injury and your injury can be subconscious and, let it, and it will allow to let it heal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also going to allow a time of growth because you're not focusing so much inward and you're focusing on how you can help your teammates because they are your teammates 
and you want them to succeed inevitably. And that's going to teach you just to, okay, I can't compete right now, but how can I be there for my team? How can I help, you know, build them? How can I be there for them as far as support or just, you know, whatever they need or, Cause as you're working on yourself and becoming better so you can be there as a teammate competing with them, it's going to be a really good um, lesson to learn sportsmanship through your injury because you're going to be on the sidelines watching. (laughs) (laughs) I think just to close off this episode, I think one of the most important things that Janae and I discussed is definitely to stay open-minded and that there is always a silver lining. And I think we always forget about that while we're injured because we're hurting. But I really think that if you, we just encourage you to be open-minded and encourage you to see all the other things that you can do, whether it's a mental set, whether it's conditioning and working on your weaknesses. We hope that you're able to get through your injuries and also get stronger at the same time. I want to encourage you to practice daily optimism too. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Ambition on Fleek. Make sure you tweet at us at Peng Peng C. Lee or at Janae Honest with all of your questions regarding injuries. We know this has been a big topic and this question always comes up when I talk to little gymnasts or young athletes. <laughs> injuries is a going to be just a huge part of your life if you do encounter it as an athlete. So we hope that our little two cents can give you some more insight and just inspire you of what you can do when you do have an injury. So make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, review on wherever you listen to these podcasts. And ambition on fleekers. (laughs) We will see you next time. (laughs) 